Okay, so let's do this thought experiment. You want to visit your folks in the middle of the summer, but your plane is grounded because it's raining too much. So you're really sad about that. But then you start to worry about the bacteria that you left outside before you entered the airport. And you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder how they're dealing with the rain. Have you thought for like maybe two seconds that maybe the bacteria could be causing the rain? Listen into another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria and find out all about it. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I, as always, am your host, Dr. K. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, if, while you are here, if you could hit that follow button just to support the show, that would be fantastic. Um, so today, <clears throat> what today, you may recall a few episodes ago how we talked about how um, bacteria see water very differently from the way that we see water okay and so what we're going to do today is similar type of thing we're not going to look at a specific paper what we're going to do is take a step back and then talk a little bit about how the the eyes through which bacteria see the world last time we talked about water today what we're going to talk about is flying so um, hopefully wherever you are um, there are birds where you can be like oh wow look at the birds they're flying they're so they're so beautiful when they fly, right? Um, and it turns out there's a lot of different organisms that have the ability to fly. Obviously, birds have the capacity to fly. The vast majority of birds have the capacity to fly. Uh, insects of all stripes can do it. And pretty recently, along the evolutionary calendar, uh, human beings have decided that they would be able to fly. So that's very, very cool. Um, there's a certain, hmm, there's a certain, honestly, this might be why we wanted to fly so much as we look throughout human history, I think there's a certain type of freedom that's associated with flying. You could be freed from the confines of gravity. And while you can briefly be freed from the confines of gravity whilst flying, you are never going to be free from your little bacteria. I think it's, I think it's very rare that we even consider the fact that bacteria may be populating the same types of airwaves that we often frequent. Um, obviously, they stay with us. They stay with us in our gut whenever we're flying uh, on a plane. Right, But I don't even know if we think about the fact that there's a lot of bacteria that just fly around on their own in the air. Now, I want to stop any hopeful thoughts that you might have right out of the gate. I have yet to, in all of my study, uh, have yet to find any bacteria that have any actual wings. It's very, excuse me, it's very easy for me to imagine a bacteria that has a little, you know, a little helicopter thing on top of its head, like the like the Hophip Pokemon, for those of you guys who are familiar with the Pokemons. Um, so there's nothing really like that. Um, the way that bacteria primarily fly is just using existing air currents, right? So we discussed a while ago about how bacteria experience water very differently from the way that we experience water. And similarly, bacteria experience air and air currents very differently from the way that we experience air and air currents. Since the little tiny bacteria are so small and little and tiny, they have a much easier time staying afloat on the air. And they also have a whole lot of mobility, too, once they get up into the air. So researchers, a while ago, they decided what they wanted to do is they wanted to drop a batch of bacteria off in South America and then just see if they were able to travel around at all, right? And so what they found is that if you dropped off a bunch of bacteria in South America, they were shocked to find that that same bacteria, after a while, made its way all the way to Australia just a short time later. 
Now that's a trip of about nine and a half thousand miles. So it's a really, really long trip for a teeny tiny bacteria. Again, thinking about it from the from the perspective of bacteria, the bacteria is super, super tiny, and nine and a half thousand miles is a really long trip for a tiny bacteria, but they were able to do it. So they were able to tra travel really, really far. Um, that's really neat for a bacteria to be able to do. In addition to being able to travel really far, there are some stipulations in terms of the directionality of movement. Um, as I mentioned before, and as we know, bacteria are super, super tiny. So it's really, really tough for them to fly against an existing wind current, right? Instead, what will happen is a bacteria, it'll kind of jump up into the air, and it'll travel along an existing wind current, which often goes from west to east. They'll hop up, get grabbed by the current, and then fly along until they find a spot where they really like, and then they decide to stay. Right? But th what that means then is if they, there's a spot to the west of them that they really want to go to, instead of hopping up and then traveling west, they'll have to hop up and then travel east all the way around, do the long way around until they end up in the place that they locate. Right? So they can't really go against the wind current. Now, so that's that's how they that's how they fly. They kind of hop up and then fall along the wind current. And they also we also know now that they can travel really, really far. Um, in addition to their mode of movement and the way that they're doing this flying, what's actually really, really neat is what happens while they're doing the actual flying. So um, we are humans. When we get on a plane, the flight experience for those of us who travel uh, not in the first class, right? It's not a particularly great experience. It's kind of boring and it's kind of lame. There isn't, there isn't really a whole lot to do. You just kind of sit there and you just kind of wait until you land and you have the flight attendants helping you out and that's fantastic. So that's really cool. You're able to fly and that's really neat. Um, but you don't really do a whole lot while you're flying, right? You just kind of sit there. Bacteria, they are very, very different from us in that regard. Because remember, bacteria, they're literally all over. And the likelihood of a bacteria being isolated and alone during that flight from South America to Australia is not particularly high. So they'll run into other bacteria, they'll strike up conversation, they'll oftentimes bacteria will just keep on eating and talking with each other on the trip. It's also possible that bacteria do a whole lot of reproduction and differentiation during their flights as well, just because there's so many bacteria all in close proximity with each other, okay? What's really, really cool is that bacteria can do this at different levels of the stratosphere as well. As you get higher up, for example, the air gets a lot colder due to this decrease in air pressure from above. And tiny bacteria, as you get higher and higher up in the stratosphere, they're much more likely to freeze. But researchers demonstrated that even at that point where they were just about to freeze, bacteria were still eating, they were still chatting, they were still possibly reproducing, seeming to enjoy their enjoy their flight, certainly more so than maybe we are on a trip from South America to Australia. But, okay, so that seems that it's not that big of a deal. I mean, they're enjoying their flight, you know, just, just leave them alone. Um, but what's really, really cool is that since there's so many and since they occur at different levels of the stratosphere, uh, this introduces something called bioprecipitation. So bioprecipitation, this is the notion that bacteria actually have the ability to alter weather conditions by facilitating something like cloud formation or even rain formation. So just as little bits of dust and dirt can serve as the center of an ice crystal, right? It's also thought that a bacteria can also serve as the center of an ice crystal. And so what this means is that bacteria, when they have, when they're present at 
high enough amounts or when they um, when they're in the cold enough environment they have the ability to induce the formation of clouds and even disperse themselves using rain as a medium so they get up in, in a cloud and then they just get rained out into a particular environment so what does this mean altogether if you take all this together this means that First of all, it means that we are not the only organisms that have the power of flight. Bacteria, they fly as well. They can fly for really, really long distances. Since they're so tiny and they're so light, they just fly on these wind currents. While they're flying, bacteria have the ability to have conversations with each other. They have the ability to eat. They have the ability possibly to reproduce, right, which is really, really cool. And they get to the point— they get to the point where there's so many bacteria in the air, there's enough bacteria in the air at different levels of the stratosphere where they can actually change weather patterns, right, by facilitating these things like cloud formation or even the rain, right? So that's super, super cool. There's tons of questions that you can ask following up on this. Is it possible that bacteria actually reproduce in the air? What other types of conditions can uh, bacteria grow in? At what point do they just kind of freeze and then stop um, stop growing in the stratosphere. Um, obviously, for my part, I'm still just going to be tracking down the helicopter bacteria. Let me know if you know of any helicopter-shaped bacteria. That'd be pretty neat. But I guess that's going to that's gonna have to wait for another day in the podcast. But anyway, guys, that is what I have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I will see you guys next Tuesday. As always, I'm Dr. K. I'll see you later on another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. Bye.